This is senior golfer Titus Cook, and you're listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of the Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. This week's episode discusses all the state playoff action that occurred for the volleyball, tennis, and track teams. And since the seasons have just concluded for those guys and, and, you know, the rest of the spring athletes that we have out there, we're going to let them enjoy the end of the year together. And, and unfortunately, we're not going to have a State of the Morris Huntling this week. But, but hopefully in the near future, we're going to get some, some other folks to, to, to come on. We do, however, have the big man himself, Rich Hansen, back for another segment of the 80s Corner as he breaks down his thoughts for how the Marauders have done this week. We can always be found on any of your listening devices, on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, you name it, we're there. So be sure to search State of the Marauders or follow us on our social media profile at SOT Marauders to see all of the exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez, along with my excellent co-hosts, Chris Amaral and Jay Post. And guys, h- how are we feeling this week? You know, we're feeling all right. I mean, some bittersweet tones on the on the episode this week, saying farewell to our spring season and many of our seniors bon on these teams. Bon you know, singing the swan song for those folks. But, you know, a lot of reason to keep your head high and be happy for some of these guys and the contributions they made to St. Peter's and moving into our kind of our summer slate of programming and getting ready to gear up again in a few months for some more Marauder action. Yeah, we got, we got some good content on the docket for the summer. So we're ready to get into that. We got some, you know, obviously it's going to be a bit weird trying to figure out, you know, what we want to do because uh, there's no actual sports to cover, but we got some good ideas on stuff we can do to fill the time and, yeah, this episode's mainly going to be a nice wrap-up, you know, you know, probably something, a lot of thanking to be done to the seniors as they head out officially. To my knowledge, there are no prep teams with track and field ending their season today. There are no teams remaining, so nope. I already thank you to all seniors who have played now their last minutes for prep and all they've given to the school and the program. And then, you know, we just got some results to cover, as always. So we'll, we'll talk about all of that. There's pl- plenty to talk about on this week's episode, but I, I feel like it, it is right to have – the big man started off, you know? We've been leading the big man for the end of the episode, you know, right, right, where right, no one really wants to listen. We're going to put him on this week in the middle, just for you guys. So let's listen in as he gives us his quote-unquote Stephen Murders address on how the rest of the spring teams did this week and his overall thoughts on the program as they head into some break. So I present to you this week's edition of the AD's Corner. This is Rich Hansen, Preps Athletic Director. Tune into my segment on the State of Marauders podcast, the Athletic Director's Corner for all things prep athletics. Insights, updates, scoops coming your way. Welcome to the AD's Corner, sponsored by the Tona Bene Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations as well as professional fundraising, executive solutions, and sales for New Jersey businesses. For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. 
Hello, everyone. I am Renato Rodriguez, and I am joined once again by the longtime athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, how are you feeling this week? I feel good. I'm tired. I'm exasperated. Our, our uh, spring season is over. I know. And I want to talk about all, all the spring sports that came to an end this week. First, let, let's talk about the, the outdoor track guys. You know, they came so, so close to winning that non-public eight title. You know, they had a 59 to 55 lead after day one. But in day two, they could not close the door. Seabay would win it on the last event. And they would win by a final score of 136.5 to 124. But the good news is the boys ended up being North Jersey non-public eight winners. And they've won that title the last three out of four years, including in back-to-back years. So so tell us, Rich, how, how proud are you of the track guys this year? You know what? Our track program has just really established themselves as relevant. And when you can be relevant, and being in a day like today and win a section, you know, oh, so close. We thought this was the year we'd pull it off. But, you know, CBA obviously is a very good program, and we respect the hell out of them. But we're getting there, and the track program is there. And one of these years, we're going to get it done all the way. But to win a section is, is great. That's a great feat. That's a great accomplishment. And, you know, kudos to Coach Caulfield and, and Coach Jenkins and those guys for doing just, you know, yeoman's work and preparing this team. And I'm really proud of the athletes, man. They take such pride in what they do. And mm-hmm. uh, it shows every week when they compete. So my hat's off to them. And, you know, I know some of them are going to go on their own now to the Nationals and do their thing. And, and that's great. We wish them all the luck in the world. So so great job to all the outdoor track guys. Wish, the, wish those individual guys luck in the Nationals as well. The volleyball squad, as we watched yesterday, Rich, they had a great run all the way to obtain the North 2 sectional title, but they could not quite get the overall state title. They wound up losing to two-time defending state champion Oldbridge in straight sets. They ended 18-8, but, you know, they, they were battle-tested all year long. So so what, what do you make of the job that Coach Stewart and the rest of the team have done this year? You know what? I, I think the best thing, and I, I told Coach this, they didn't duck anyone. I mean, they, they took on all comers, and they wanted to get after it against whoever we could play, and they did. And uh, that's that's what made them so competitive. You know, that's what that's what put them where they were at the end of the year. And listen, you know, <laughs> Oldbridge is the cream of the crop. Oldbridge is, right. is the real deal. You and I watched the match, and, you know, they deserve to win, no question about it. We didn't play our best, and to beat a team like that, you gotta you gotta be at your best on that day and, and get some luck out of it. And and we didn't we weren't able to do that. But you know what? For this team to win the county, be the seventh seed in the section, and come out and win the section, and again have to beat Carney, who was the one seed, beat a really good team in the semifinal. You know, I, I I'm really proud of them. I thought I thought they went beyond expectations this year. I agree. You know, as you and I talked about eight weeks ago, they definitely exceeded my expectations. And mm-hmm. I'm really happy they did. I think it was some guys really did a good job in rising to the occasion. And coaching staff, of course, was was on point. So, listen, we want to count it. We want a section. I'm not going to cry about that. When you come out with championships, it's right. great. You get to the final four. There were four. There were four volleyball teams in the state of New Jersey alive yesterday, and we were one of them. Man, you can't, you know, the, you can't, you can't be disappointed about that. So, I'm excited for them, and 
uh, something to build on. We'll continue and look for ways to improve. And, you know, coach and I will meet next week and put a plan together and, and he'll be great at it and do what, do what he does best. So thanks to the seniors, track seniors and, and the volleyball seniors, you know, really, really proud of them and really happy they can go out with some hardware and certainly deserving. So disappointed to not do it all for them more than anything, but not disappointed in their effort and not disappointed in their performance. We've got the best out of our guys and they gave us everything they had. So proud of the staff and the players. And, and keep in mind for the volleyball squad in particular, they were in the top five in any rankings at all this year. So for, to fact, to be in the top four, they, they, they really exceeded everybody's expectations and they did a hell of a job, Rich. They, they were, they were tremendous all yep. season long. Yep. So. They didn't, they didn't pay attention to the pundits or the papers or, Right. You know, these, these websites, they just went out every every day and had fun practicing and watched right. film and, you know, did, did their work. And, it did, you know, the proof is in the pudding, man. You, you look it at, is. you know, you look at the body of work at the end of the year, just proud of how they progressed and what they accomplished. And, you know, the tennis squad, you know, the, they ended the year disappointed, you know. They finished 10-6 and six on the season. They lost in the Hudson County final to Memorial 3-2. to two. So... Tell us, what are your thoughts on the tennis team and how they progressed this year? Well, first of all, congratulations to Memorial. You know, I know that's a big win for them and good for them. You know, I, I, I'm disappointed in, and, I, you know, I don't want this to sound like sour grapes or anything like that, but I'm really disappointed in the fact that we were sitting around for two weeks waiting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not fair to anyone, none, none of the schools, none of the teams, but certainly – Harder for us, you know, we're sitting around for two weeks. We couldn't get filling games. You know, staying sharp in practice is one thing, and we talked about this last week, but right. being able to do it against live competition is really difficult. And, you know, in a sport like tennis, it's all about execution and, and staying staying sharp. And, you know, the way the tournament was run was cancellations. You know, one day it was a cancellation and it was beautiful sunshine out. I'm not really sure why, but – you know, I know what the forecast said, but to no one's fault, you know, in particular, just just disappointed in the fact that we couldn't maintain that continuity and play, you know. And, you know, we had to buy because we were the one seed, so it made it even tougher. We weren't – we were waiting for everybody else to play before we could play. Right. So it wasn't even like we were waiting for a quarterfinal match or something like that, you know. But, again, no excuses. I'm disappointed, you know. I don't, I don't, I think, you know, we're better than losing in a final. I think this team had a chance to, to win the county championship and that would have put a good glaze on, on, on a season, but we weren't able to do it. So, you know, feel badly for the seniors, but you know, it wasn't because of lack of effort. That's for sure. Kids played hard, practiced hard, coaching staff as well. So we'll go again. Well, I'll meet coach in two weeks. We'll go over what we did, what we need to do better and, and try to put a plan in place to, to do that and, make it a great experience for the kids. But, you know, losing isn't fun. You know that. No, <laughs> losing that's not losing fun. is not fun. It's like failing a test is not fun. No. You study no. all week, you prepare, and you fail a test. That's not fun. It's the same thing, you know. You practice all week, you go to meetings, you watch film, whatever it is in your sport, and you, you want to do well and, and, and on right. the test day. And to, that was the test day, and, they, and we didn't pass. So disappointed. But like, like I said, not in the effort, just in the result. So, as the school's athletic director, what do you take away from this school year as a whole in athletics? Well, first of all, proud 
as we've talked about, proud of the staff and proud of the kids, proud of the athletic training staff. It takes a resolve to do what we were able to do. We had a couple pauses, but by and large, if you look at thousands and thousands of health screenings and temp checks every day, and to come up with over those thousands of tests, to come up with a handful of uh, positive tests, especially, and they were all earlier in the year, you know, we, we were able to get right. through spring unscathed, just says a lot about, you know, our resilience and, and, and the, the, the ability to put a plan in place and the coach's ability to put a plan in place, in place and see it through and the support of the parents and the willingness of the players to abide by everything, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's to make sure we're doing the right thing. So to be able to have some sense of normalcy in a school year that was anything but to have an athletic season, to be able to go compete, you know, started out condensed fall season, no tournaments to, you know, a little bit. You felt the, 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 the rope loosening a little bit in the winter, you know, and then go to a full boat spring toward toward uh, the end of the year with spectators you know you get to carney to play in that in that uh, final sectional final right. sectional championship with a packed gym and packed. um to think to think we went to a packed gym to win the sectional championship from no fans at the beginning of the year to just two per kid per per athlete it's amazing you know so i think when i look back i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna see a lot of toughness and a lot of resilience and a lot of strong-willed people, you know, being able to make something happen. Not many people thought we were going to be able to do this at the beginning of the year. And a lot of schools, a lot of schools folded tent, you know, a lot of schools declined to do it. And a lot of schools dropped levels. We, we did not have to do that due to COVID. You know, we, water polo couldn't compete this year only because of the facility concerns in the fall, not because our kids weren't willing. So, you know, I'm proud of these guys, and I'm I'm really proud of us being able to put a plan together, all of us, and and being able to see it through, and and seeing that the plan worked. You know, that was the part that I think was was most gratifying. You know. So, lastly, now now that that it's all over, Rich, what, what's on the agenda for you now? What, what what's next? <laughs> well, for me as AD, I will have a vacation next week. And then we're into camps, our summer camp program, and open gyms and open fields. We have a full, you know, obviously football, wrestling, basketball, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, all uh, rugby. You know, those guys are going to be competing over the summer in various camps and clinics and team practices. Strength conditioning will be going on. And then, you know, we'll come to a program halt in the last week in July and then August 6th, it all starts up again. So let's pat, pat our guys on the back for a good job and, and let's uh, exhale and reevaluate. And then we're, we're ready, to, ready to rock and roll again. You know, uh, that's, that's the cycle of uh, high school athletics. And that was longtime athletic director Rich Hansen. Rich, thank you once again for not only coming on this week's episode of the podcast, but, but coming on all, all season long, all winter, spring. You know, we appreciate providing the insights and analysis for everything press athletics. And, and this is not going to be the last time you hear from you before the fall sports season opens up. I, I think we may get you on another segment maybe sometime this summer, so stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about that. But again, thank you so much for giving us your time each week. We really appreciate it, Rich. 
Thanks for all you do, Renato. It's great. And Prep Nation is awesome. And I appreciate all the fan support and all the alumni support for our athletes and our coaches. So thank you. And uh, have a great summer. I'll see you on campus. Go Prep. I want to thank you, Rich, for, for creating the, the segment. Uh, you know, it, it was his idea to start up this whole 80s corner. So, so thank you, Rich, for that. And, and thank you for, for spending time each and every week to give us your perspective on prep athletics. And, and I can't wait until the fall, right, guys? When, when football starts rolling around, when it gets started dissecting the exit and nose with him, is it going to be fantastic? Yeah, going to be very exciting. And he gets kind of a look with fresh eyes as they're not really the decisions that he's making. He's someone else at the helm. So he'll get right. a nice look at what's going for the Marauders from a more unbiased perspective, I guess, or uh, one that he's not as tied to the decisions. Right. Yeah, right. obviously he has a certain connection to the program, obviously with him, you know, having his, you know, I think it was pretty clear from the beginning that Prep, when Hanson, even before he announced he was retiring, that Prep was probably going to look in-house for the replacement, and that's exactly what they did, turning to younger Rich Hanson to take over the reins. So I'm sure he's still going to, you know, given the, the obvious ties between the coaching staff and Hanson still remaining at the school, he's going to have plenty of good knowledge as to what the game plans are, and I imagine he'll still, still have plenty of influence into what the game plans are, you know, being right up the hallway uh, at his office in the gym. But let, let, let's recap this spring sports season that that ended this week so we're going to bring in for the final time our residential volleyball expert jay post to talk about how the volleyball squad did so jay take it away buddy well we had good news and bad news in the volleyball front this week so the good news was they won the sectional title they went out to scotch plains on monday handled that went out to carney on wednesday handled that too and then the bad news is they, they went out to old bridge on friday and they they got pumped I mean, you know, I'm not going to mince words about this team. I think everyone knew coming to the game that Old Bridge was going to be a challenge, and they, they showed they were the better team. But, you know, I, I think there was a lot to take away from last week because a sectional title, first in seven years, should not be diminished. You know, Coach Craig said after the game, you know, th this is the bar he wants the program to be at. This is what he wants the expectation to be, not just competing for the sectional final, but he wants to be atop that mountain year in and year out and be one of those, you know, be a Southern, be a, a Fairlawn, you know, where in their section – Every year, the expected team to emerge every year is St. Peter's Prep. So I think finally getting to the top of that mountain was a nice next step because Greg now, in his two years of coaching, has won a county final his first year and then a county final, a sectional final in his second year. So, you know, it's clear that, you know, this team is definitely going places under him. It's clear that this team has a lot of juice left. You know, you got players like Andrew Fernandez, Joe Paris returning for next year. And it's a team that's only going to continue to grow as Greg grows as a coach. So, you know, being obviously one of the younger, if not possibly, it's very possible he's the youngest coach currently active head coach in, in New Jersey for boys volleyball. So, you know, it's clear that as it, he's he's able to connect with the players well, and he's only going to grow as a coach and he's only going to grow the program, which is a good sign because uh, if, if, if prep becomes a staple contender in North 2, a staple winner rather, in which they're not just, you know, one of the teams to watch every year, but the team to be considered the number one seed written in on pen every time. That's going to be a big step forward for this program because, you know, as of right now, volleyball in, in uh, New Jersey is kind of a bit of a hierarchy. You know, you got teams like Southern, Fairlawn, and Old Bridge, where in, the, in three of the sections you have an established, you know, a powerhouse every year. Right. And North 2 has always been a section in which you don't really have a, a year in and year out winner. You've seen Livingston win it. You've seen Harrison win it. You've seen Prep win it. You've seen Ridge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if Prep can take control of that and be that one power, 
you know, that that puts them in a very, very elite group. We, we put them within the, the, the group of four, a group of three currently of Oldbridge, Fairlawn, and Southern teams that perennially dominate their section. And uh, North 2 is definitely prime for the taking, and I think Greg knows that, and he wants them to see that as not, that's not, an, that is an achievement, but it's also the expectation at the start of every year. So they, they ended up 18 and 8 on the season. And as Jay mentioned, they were the Hudson County and NJSA North 2 champions. So they, they pretty much exceeded everyone's expectations of the year. No one either ranked them in the top five in the state at any point of the year. So I, sh- shout out to Coach Stewart. You know, he did a fantastic job with the squad this year. Make sure you continue to follow at SPPVball on Instagram for all the volleyball updates throughout the summer. A special shout out to all the seniors of the volleyball team for all the hard work this entire season. It, it was a fun ride to be a part of. Especially, I want to give a quick shout out to the senior captains, Aiden Apito, Timothy Jimenez, and Ryan Karbanichak. You know, all three, they contributed so much to the success of the team this year. And, and I really want to thank them for everything they've done for the program throughout these, these four years they were in the program. So, Chris, talk to us about the tennis squad. Well, tennis, I mean, they started off the week well. A 4-1 win over McNair in the HCIAL semifinals. They go for the county title in an undefeated county season. The first singles, Derv Sitar of McNair would defeat Anthony Krizikos 6-4-4-6 and 10-8. But then after that, St. Peter's would take over. Vipul Kothak don't. Uh, caught the condav. I say it wrong every time. I'm sorry, Vipple. Defeats Nikki Owalia, 6 Third singles, Andrew Lee defeats Manoy Harry Kumar, 6-2-6-2. Emmett Wilson and Gerald De La Cruz of St. Peter's defeat David Williams and Bishoy Hinsar, 6-2-6-3. And then second doubles, Jeremy Camber and Jack Brousseau would defeat Gabriel DeGruccio and Brian Ram, 6-2-6-1, to give a dominant win in the HCIL IAL semifinals, pardon me. But then ultimately they would come up short in the finals, losing to Memorial three to two. And really what at this point has kind of gone from uh, an okay season with good thoughts on the horizon and good big things on the horizon for this team to kind of a, just a season that you were not looking for. A very disappointing one. Brian Garcia of Memorial would defeat Chrissy Coast 6360. Branley Serrato of Memorial would defeat Vipul Kathakondav, 6-1-6-0. Andrew Lee would get a win for St. Peter's, 6-3-6-4 over Samuel Blanco. But then Gerald De La Cruz and Emmett Wilson would ultimately be felled by Romit Patel and Andres Hernandez, 6-4-6-3. That would be the death blow for Memorial, leaving the second doubles of Camber and Brousseau. The 6-1-6-2 win for them over Ruben, Ruben Pimental and Frank Flores to be totally moot. They'll end 10-6 and six on the season and lose an undefeated county season and ultimately come up short of a county crown. Again, we'll continue to follow them at SPP Tennis on Instagram. And just quick shout-outs to the seniors, Anthony Krizikos and Gerald De La Cruz for their contributions and leadership to the team this season. They're great athletes, great students. We wish them all the best in the future. This is obviously not the season they wanted to be sent off by, but they gave it their all this year, and you got to give them a lot of credit for the work that they did and how well they had been doing up until, obviously, a bit of a disappointing conclusion. And, like, to go to go 10 and 6, right? You, there's, there's, to not win any hardware, you know, it's, it's not a good look for the program, especially as Rich Hansen mentioned this weekend throughout the year. You know, they need to prove the out-of-state play. They need to prove in county. They need to win counties. Especially in a year that Bayonne was was not a dominant program, 
you beat this Memorial team early in the year and you, you couldn't get the job done. Like, come on. It, it, it's a very disappointing end for the season for sure. Guys, what, what do you think about the way tennis ended this year? It's kind of very surprising because singles really did what you were looking for them to do in that Memorial matchup. Your singles this season, frankly, in a lot of these games have been not great. You haven't taken the majority of your singles matchups. You've had a lot of trouble with that. But your formula for victory, the math that made it work for you, was that you would take one singles matchup, usually singles three. Andrew Lee had a great season in that spot. And then you'd win the two doubles. And ultimately, a shock defeat in doubles, and that killed you. Your math going out of singles, it added up for you. You had your three. You know you can depend on your two doubles teams to come up for you when you need it. And I mean, this time it just didn't happen. It kind of it's backbreaking. It sucks. And it's just kind of emblematic of what's been the problem for the team this year. They've been very reliant on their doubles and their top two singles have kind of struggled throughout the year. And that killed them. Ultimately, it's unfortunate. Obviously, this is not a slight to those guys in the top single slots. But I mean, um, it's just not what they were hoping for this season. It's a very disappointing way for the season to end for them. Well, I mean, Chris, I think hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's kind of a disappointing loss because when you look at how the game broke down, the the typical weak point for the team, the singles matchups, you know, mm-hmm. where they usually it's their bread and butter, where they usually kind of you know struggle the most. They did get a win out of that, and they, you know, Andrew Lee won his match against Samuel Blanco, and that that's the kind of you know the where you come a, kind of come out of that point in the game like. Well, we're, we've got what we want heading into, you know, the, the rubber match where we need to decide this. We, we held our own in singles. We didn't lose 3 nothing, and we still have this match to play for. But in doubles, you know, the first doubles match, Roman Patel and Andre, Andres Hernandez, they, they took it home for 6-4, 6-3. So, I mean, it, it's kind of disappointing because when you look at the, the expected weak point for this team heading into the game, you know, you, that was where you thought that the struggles would be, and they got out of that. They, they survived that with a chance to win, and then, you know, at the end, Obviously, where they expected to have a strength, they just couldn't come up with it. And, you know, by the final by the final doubles, it was kind of a moot point because the game had already been decided. So disappointing for sure if you're the Marauders. And, you know, it's it's a season that, you know, really had a lot of promise, a lot of steam building up to that point. And to uh, have your final game be a county final, which you lost, is always a bit disappointing. But, you know, it, it's a team that, um, as always, is going to head into next year. They're a team that, you know, is a strong contender year in and year out for the county crown so i'm sure they're gonna you know keep their heads up and they're gonna look to you know make next year a team a, a year in which they do win once again that county final because you know if they, they're always in the hunt for that they're always looking to take that home and i'm sure next year they're gonna be just as competitive and lastly the outdoor track team they competed in the non-public a state sectional tournament it was a two-day affair so in day one fitzroy legister got second place in the 100 meter dash and 1086, so he got eight points there. Joey Marone got second place in the 400 meter dash in 4906, and he also got first place in the 400 meter hurdles in 5466. So he got an 18 points combined on day one. Edwin Clanky and Rodolfo Sanchez ended up third and fourth in the 1600 meter run for, for 10 combined points. The four by 800 meter relay one got first place in 80241. To get 10 points there, Clanky, Jack Sipoli, Sanchez, and Alex Schimmel were the guys on the relay there. And then Landers Green got fourth in high jump at 5'10". 
to get four additional points for the Marauders. In day two, once again, Fitzroy got first in the 200-meter dash at 21.31, and he also got the second in long jump at 22.10.25, 18 combined points, 26 overall for the two days combined. Joey Marone got second in the 200-meter dash at 21.85 and first in the 110-meter hurdles at 14.42, so 18 combined points. 36 in both days. He had 18 in both. Edwin Klenke, second in the 100-meter dash at 152.57 for eight points. So he had a combined 14 points in his two-day effort. Rodolfo Sanchez had 16 combined points in day two. Landers Green had eight points. And then the 4 by 100 meter relay came in fourth at 43.89 to get four points. And that was a team of C.J. Wesley. Fitzroy Legister, Sam Slayton, A. Dabella. And lastly, the 4x400-meter relay came in 6 at 332.74 to get one additional point. And that was a team of A. Dabella, Jack Sipoli, Edwin Klinke, and Del Lindsay. So, would that be enough to beat CBA and get the overall non-public A title? So close, but no, no. CBA would win at 136.5 to 124. CBA, again, the, the multi-million time champs in non-public A. But the boys did get the 2021 non-public North 8 title as a result of this meet. So this is going to be the, the second time in a row that they won that title and the third time in four years. So the track guys have been doing a fantastic job showing that consistency that Rich likes to, to talk about in the AD's corner. Right? They're a consistent program. They keep winning non-public North 8 titles. And maybe, maybe next year will we be the year that they beat TBA. Who knows? Who knows? So, great job by all the guys this year. Continue to follow at SPP underscore XCTF on Twitter and Instagram for your track updates. A special shout-out to all the track seniors for all the hard work and tremendous contributions to the program, especially Edwin Klinke, Rodolfo Sanchez, and Jerry Marone. You know, those three guys, they broke many records throughout the year. They've helped the team progress through all these events. So we wish them all a lot of success in the next steps on life's journey. So before we bid adieu, we're going to want to talk a little bit about what's next for the podcast, right? But before we go into that, I want to talk a little bit about Marauder Nation as a whole this year, okay? I, as a guy who goes to a lot of events, I know Jake can attest to this because he's been with me for all these events too this year. I feel like we need more involvement of the school community to support the prep athletes as a whole. You know, it is great to see your friends, your buddy. Trust me, as, as a former athlete myself, it, it is great to, to see like fans, parents, and your friends in the stands supporting you. It just gives you that extra boost to try to be any opponent out there. So quick shout out to the baseball guys. You know, they showed up to the volleyball title and state games and, and to all to everybody who came to games throughout the year parents fans alike but i i feel like the spirit in the prep community ha- has lacked a little bit in, in, in recent years you know i talked with mr mike mercia class of 08 you know he runs Marauder nation and he's told me things are going to shake up in, in school spirit next year you know they're going to work work with a student council to to get some prep magic back I like to use that word, prep magic, to get back into the full swing of things. 
So, so hopefully we can see that into the next year. But, but guys, what do you think about Marauder Nation so far this year? I'm not going to speak about it in the same fluffy terms that you did and try to be a little yeah. bit nice to these people. No. I think a lot. I there's there's very little for me to say. I think this is a trend that started my probably my junior year because sophomore year was pretty well attended. But you guys got to get out there because this is nonsense. Like the fact that, like I, I remember in my in my freshman year. People would go to all the basketball games, which has kind of turned the, tor- uh, the corner now, now that we have a really elite basketball team. But there used to be people at all kinds of sporting events, and then it just kind of steadily weaned, in, even to the point where football road games, people have kind of stopped going. I remember we we had section overflow at Paramus, at Bergen, at Don Bosco, all my sophomore year, the first year of the Super Conference, and now people just don't go. I, I it's it's mind boggling to me that people are not willing to go out and support their friends and support the school and talk about all this, you know, fun, you know, prep for life and all this nonsense. And you can't even make time on a Friday mm-hmm. night to go out and watch your friends play a soccer game be, up the street from the school. To, not to, to be, be fair. fair. Not to be fair. I'm not being fair. I will. OK, I think I know. I mean, can I butt it here? If I can assume what you're going to say. This year, there were some attendance restrictions earlier. Exactly. And that I understand. And I agree. But But this is a a problem that has persisted. This is a problem that that I had my senior year and my junior year and JJ's senior year. Like, this is not a new issue for the Marauder Nation. The problem is it's gotten worse, especially with COVID. I'm going to butt in here because this seeks about it really well. Because my point here is, are you surprised? Like, no. realistically speaking here, my freshman year, I think, was a, a nice benchmark. That was a good year. And everything after that was just, it was this year, but without attendance restrictions. Like, this year wasn't bad so much. It was just marginally worse than an already bad bar that had been slowly being lowered for years. So, like, realistically speaking, and I, I, I listen, the game, the, the atmosphere at football games is electric. No one is going to dispute that. No one is going to disagree with that. For my money, Caven Point on a Friday night is the best atmosphere you are going to find in a state on the East Coast. That is my bet, chips down. But you look at how they attend every other game, any other sport. And I get there are no other sports that are the flagship program like the prep football is. But basketball is going to be a team that competes for the best team in the state this yeah. year. That, that is, the, you know, all indicators point to basketball being a team that's going to in the last, in my senior year, they competed for the a section. Uh, they, they could have competed for that, you know, in tournament champions, you think. And attendance, bar maybe the last two games season, was dismal. You know, I, the Hudson County final, you know, it was something. There was, you know, 20, 30 kids there, and but it hardly filled the stand. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm not sure what the issue is. So I guess that's my, the, the main well, thing I can bring is, you know, they, they will post about it, but there's no follow through. There's no execution, whether it's a way football game or against DePaul or right. whatever, you know, or it's a, a home game for, I don't know, volleyball or basketball or one of the lesser known or the, the less, the non-football sports. Even wrestling, even wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. Even wrestling, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a persistent problem that, you know, I, I, you know, I, I went to, you know, all sorts of sporting events, you know, across my four years, I went to soccer, I went to wrestling, uh, volleyball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there are only a few times, and and I can only really think of unless they were unless it was a county final or a state final, which and even for volleyball, the state final, my junior year, there was like six kids there. Like this is literally a chance for prep to have won something they had not won in over a half decade, and 
there was just nobody there. So, you know, it's something that like, you know, you got to figure out where the line becomes, well, we can post about it, but why doesn't anyone show up? So you got to figure that out. Whether so it's back buses, if or I can never exactly that segues back last, into last, to last what word. I would want to say, but last word for me here. A lot of this segment has been kind of us. We've been kind of laying into the high school kids for not wanting to do things, but at some level, the support and the the atmosphere in the school and from the administration, and I don't necessarily mean this in a demeaning way to the administration. I Hopefully something many of you will realize when you graduate is that the administration you have at St. Peter's is very solid, but there's not the same support for the, the fandom that there was in my first two years. They're not bussing people out. There's no pep rallies. There's not like this constant, you know, like, hey, volleyball plays in a state final today. Or, hey, soccer's going to Seton Hall to play a state game this week. I remember my freshman advising class, they were talking about we were going to try and we were going to bus kids out to the middle of the day because soccer state games are at 2 p.m. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about busing kids out to Seton Hall, but they wouldn't for the for the soccer state game but they wouldn't let them do it because Seton Hall wouldn't release the kids. They were going to have a crowd at an away state game at 2 p.m. on a weekday. Right. And like the potential is there. Like there, when you don't have when you get fans in the building is a, a rabid energy. Like there is a, there's have, not for a lack of passion once they actually get into the stands. But it's mm-hmm. just there's not the same level of word of mouth isn't there and the support isn't there. And so, so, that's the support from the the school itself is not there. Play a basketball so, game at 10 a.m. That's my only statement. That's my last can, <laughs> Play one basketball game during community period. JJ Morning will have the last word. Happen. We will play every game from here on forward on community periods during Morning period. madness. It's a thing. I'll, 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 I'll tell that to, to Rich, Jay. I'll, I'll tell that to Rich. I'll, I'll put that out there. So, yeah. So, we'll, we'll see what happens in the fall. We'll, we'll see. I know Mr. Mercier, he's working really hard with student council to put something together, plan and play. So, we'll see what happens in the fall with that. For us in the summer, however, right, we're gonna have some some nice new fresh episodes. So we're not going to worry, right? If you're going down the shore, you're going to the grills, you're in the pool, we'll still be there. Okay, well you can listen to us anytime. We're gonna have some nice playoff profiles of football, the whole big football preview in the summer. We'll have alumni coming in. We'll have we'll talk about some of our favorite moments of the past and present. We're going to have some special guests, as always, and, and, and much more. So, you know, stick with us this summer. We're, we're going to still be around. We're not going anywhere, right, guys? We're not going anywhere. I'm going to Las Vegas for the Gold Cup final. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Well, I'm see, I'm the, 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 I don't know why Clark and the greatest U.S. youth national team I don't ever exist. I don't know. Mexico. I really don't know what you're talking about. I And I don't know why you'd buy tickets for a Jamaica-Honduras final. But, yeah. Well, that know, would whatever. also be awesome. So uh, I that. <laughs> if, if it's Jamaica Honduras, I might actually prefer that to seeing USA play Mexico. So everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in, not only to this week's episode, but all the 23 episodes. Can you believe this guy's 23 episodes? That's, that's insane. Be sure to spread the word of the State of Marauders podcast by sharing our social media profile at SOT Marauders to everyone you know. And trust me when I say this, continue to check them out for all the latest updates with the Marauders. Even this summer, we're going to be updating that social media page like no tomorrow. So make sure to, to follow us at SOT Marauders. We're going to see you all next week. And as always, let's go prep.
Hey, this is Senior Team Mulcahy, and you are listening to the State of the Marauders podcast sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports.